0: I am the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall, here to rock your world with some awesome stories and some more fun adventures. As you know, we take a question, ask me anything, as you know, because you're a patron and you're watching on the video, you get to ask the questions that I answer, and if you're at the right level of Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Rock of Podcasting, you get to be here live when I do it, and we're doing our first live video today for the level of patronage. And I have some friends of mine along uh, who might be throwing some stuff in the chat room and whatever. But Mike, 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 we've got a question. What's the question for today, man? Well, today, and this one's coming from me. I'll, I'll just go ahead
1: and say that right out of the gate. There's a perception that I get as far as culture goes, and I'm talking pop culture, geek culture, that sort of thing. And there is a, haters seem to be predominant across the internet. And what I mean by that is a lot of the guys doing review videos on YouTube and dropping comments into chat rooms and, you know, across the web, everybody seems to go to the negative first. And what I mean by that is they're more likely to say that something sucks than that something rocks. And it's everywhere. Everywhere I turn, I seem to see that sort of behavior. And I'm wondering, is that just me and my own perception of uh, geek culture reviewers and if it's not just me then Charles do you agree with that and what do you think that means in in the long run
0: no I hate you don't ever talk to me again (laughs) you know it does seem to be the easiest thing to go to is anger and darkness and hatred and as you Brought up because Mike usually gives me a choice now of, of three or so topics to tackle, and he lets me pick. Even though the the basic rules of the show were Mike that you're show running and you just surprise here's a question, <laughs> but I get it. He he, we're trying. He's trying to build a flow, and that's cool. i was thinking, Well, he, Mike has called me out once or twice on hating on things uh, unduly or going to the negative first, and and how much of that do I really see in the world and on Facebook? And then I got to thinking about. The why of it all, and it's, it's a bit of a tough question. But I think we notice that it's not just Facebook, by the way. Facebook has just amplified it. Facebook is the alcohol of life. Facebook takes whatever's inside of you and just makes it louder. Alcohol, when you drink, in my opinion, and this might be scientifically backed up, I don't know, I don't care. It's my opinion. When you drink, alcohol takes you and turns it loud. And the first time I ever got drunk, I was 21 years old and hanging out with my minor friends who were 18 and 19 at the time. And I bought us all some vodka and tequila, I think. And one of them wanted some spiced rum. Actually, this is a story I haven't told in forever. The only person who may have heard this, well, maybe two people, Angie and Nolan, may have heard this before long, long, long time ago in Bear Like, long time ago, man. So it's been forever since I've told this story, but my buddies, Adam and Casey, I was 21 years old, so legal to drink, right? And had a job, had money and whatever. And they were, I think, 18 and 19, respectively. And we decided to go to a liquor store because we're going to be cool. I'm the cool older guy. I can buy us all some alcohol. And we go in and I don't remember everything we picked out, but the one thing that really stands out is spiced rum. We picked out spiced rum and I'll, I'll get to that, why that's so important later. So... We decided to go back to my preacher daddy's house (laughs) and sit in the driveway in the back of my Ford Ranger outside and proceed to get drunk. And uh, none of us are bartenders. None of us know what the hell we're doing. And so Adam uh, is pouring heavy. Casey, you know, we're all just kind of mixing it. We find our own favorite drinks. And (laughs) this is back in the 90s, right? Uh, The late 90s. And Dragon Ball Z was really a really big thing. So Casey gets so drunk, he starts doing Dragon Ball Z motions and this and that and the other. So the geek and the fun guy in him gets louder, right? His inhibitions go away. He's not such a quiet guy. He's flamboyant and, and doing all these karate motions. We're just having a blast. Adam, who is normally just a really quiet guy as well, he uh, he just kind of stayed the same. He maybe got a little bit louder. Me, though. Since I'm a loud guy, I'm a fun guy, and even though I carried a lot of anger, it shows who I was was not an angry person. And that's the thing. Who you are is different than what you do. And I did carry a lot of anger and used to get mad at people. And, and maybe if, at that point if I was, when I was drunk, if I'd gotten mad, bad things would have happened. But inherently what happens with alcohol is I got louder and I got funnier and just had a good time with everybody and laughed at everything. And the the end of the story comes around it's, it's, I don't know, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And we're not being super loud because my parents never came outside to check on what was going on. The neighbors never complained. So, you know, we're not, we're, we're all doing that whole TV thing of shh,
1: <laughs>
0: whoo, shh, you know, <laughs> that stuff. Adam has to go pee. And I'm like, just go in the bushes, man. Just go over there in the bushes. Now, we did make sure to eat dinner. We had some food. Casey okay, so and I did, actually. Adam, we did not realize, had not really had any food. So he goes to go pee in the bushes, except walking instead of walking over to the bushes, he kind of falls into the yard and then just crawls. I and mean, in case you both go, uh oh, this is not good because we're aware enough to know that if you can't walk, that's you're way too drunk. She so ends up peeing in the bushes and he's fine. Well, we go into my basically studio apartment. It's a finished two car garage that uh, was my apartment attached to my parents' house at the time. I had a couch. And here's the thing too. I always lived frugally. So I had this couch that had the legs knocked off because some leg broke. So I just took all the legs off of it and it's out on the floor and it's still comfortable. And Adam was gonna sleep on that. Casey was on the other couch and I had my bed. We we get Adam situated. He's definitely circling the drain, man. He's 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 going over he's not handling it well. And he drank pretty much most of the spiced rum. We get settled in, it's dark. I'm about to go to sleep and hear <laughs> And like, oh shit! And I was a paramedic, so I knew. I jump up. I mean, I think I was an EMT at the time. I wasn't a paramedic; it's an EMT. But I was a medical professional, and I knew what was about to happen. And I jump up, and go, oh shit! And sure enough, all over my couch, all over my floor, and instantly, spiced vomit smell hits my nose. <laughs> I hate spiced rum with a passion, and so I, you know, we we actually cleaned him up and. Looked after a boy, and we cleaned up the couch and everything. Everything was fine, but that smell stayed a while, around for a, a long while. In fact, the next day, my mom uh, again. This is attached to their house, right? This is their garage. I'm living in basically. So the next day, she comes through, you know, whatever after everybody left, and she's like, "What's that smell I'm like?" Um, Casey was burning some candles. It was all right. <laughs> Cause it was just. It's kind of like a dirty vomity smell. Not not horrible because we cleaned it up pretty quickly, and and. I, I, You know, we did a good job, but that spice smell stayed around for a while. So, uh, that's, that's that story. I hadn't told that story in forever. Statutes of limitations have long passed. Nobody died and it's all good. But Facebook is alcohol of life. It's that anonymity. It's inhibitions go away because you think people can't respond back to you. You don't see body language. You don't feel shunned. You feel empowered. And I think that brings out that bitchy negativeness in most people. It's easy to get ugly fast. And in the live chat room, I believe Angie said, or Nola said, they hate their little lives and have to bring down others to boost themselves up. That is definitely one aspect of it. Angie says, it's easier to bitch than to give constructive way to fix a problem. I agree with both of those things. You know, we're, we're in such a, a political time right now. And I want to get into that in a, a few minutes. Uh, but that is definitely on the, the hater scale. I, I see some major problems coming. And by the time the show releases, maybe some of the stuff I'm about to talk about came comes about. Because there is a delay in recording versus publication of the show. But Mike has actually hit me up. And I'm trying to think of some of the stories. Uh, you know, let's just take generic TV show, right? Mike without me knowing it liked the show and it's one of our times when we're just bullshit and we're just sitting around talking and uh I brought it up and said oh yeah what do you think about that and I just actually proceeded to go well I hated this part and I hated that part oh you know what it was Supernatural is one of the ones this the one I was thinking of something different I can't lock in on that show but I do remember specifically Mike liked Supernatural and he found out that I love that show now I have a long-running love-hate relationship with that show. I love Jensen Ackles, who plays Dean. I really don't care for Sam. Uh, It's just been a thing for me. It's just maybe it rubs me the wrong way. Maybe it reminds me of myself somewhere in there. I don't know. But I've never really cared for his acting. And it's something that my wife and I have to look past in most shows. And the particular episode was very Sam-heavy. Now, if you like... say I have nothing... I, once I really pick apart the character, I, I can't say what it is I don't like about him. It's just something I don't like. My wife really doesn't like it. We both really like Jensen Ackles, Dean, and we like... Uh, uh, the Not The Devil, not Lucifer, but I can't remember his... Crowley. We like Crowley in that actor, and there's some other stuff. And it's CW. I mean, that's the thing. It is CW, so there is going to be a little more teenage swing to everything. And a lot of times, I find my wife likes the lore she likes some of the fun stuff but she she hates about half the show it just rubs in her the wrong way and i find that edges on me so we watched we would watch the first episode of that particular season and mike's like oh yeah you know you saw right did it i was like yeah and he goes oh that's sammy you know this is that he's a badass and what he was describing is the character really was tough and the and everything he was describing was accurate and i immediately went well you know i really I really don't care for sammy all that much but and mike had a, a very Honest moment, it's like, what the hell, man? What? Tell me what you like. You didn't have to take that up. I was like, you're right. I didn't have to take that apart. And I think it is easier. It's just easier to sometimes just to bleh a little bit. I also think it's easier to vent, or sometimes you need to vent before you get to the good stuff. But when it comes to what Mikey's talking about with reviews and this and that, I had a boss one time. I think a lot of people can relate to this because maybe not everybody can relate to video reviews and, and Facebook moments. You know, some people, I, I'm actually surprised at how many people really do stay off of Facebook and don't really interact with anybody other than maybe their tight family and this and that and the other. It's okay. That's, I mean, it's fine. It is It is what it is. This relates to a boss. So when Mike says, sometimes people do a video review or a Facebook review or they just have to talk about something. I just saw case in point today, somebody simply posted, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. only took one episode back to suck again. It's like, what? What does that even mean? Who are you? Do I appreciate your opinion? And that's the other stuff we'll go into later about how we let other people's opinions affect us, especially the haters. But what you might review, what you might see is, is in general reviews, they have to hate something, right? You can't just say, "Oh, here's the iPhone six, and it doesn't." And you can't just you can't just love something because then you're a fanboy, right? Or you're an apologist that you don't well. Some people want a positive spin on things, and that's something I worked hard on with From the Helicarrier. They were, that game, Marvel's Avengers Alliance, was far from perfect, but it had a lot of great magic to it. And we got accused of being apologists at one point, and we, we handled that very quickly and harshly. Uh, we got a pu- accused of being fanboys at one point, and we handled that very quickly and funnily, humorously. The point is, you can be honest about things not working and not be a hater. And that's something we really strove for. It's like, here's what we love. Here's what was done right. Yes, this part is broken from a game point st- standpoint. You know, yes, this part didn't make sense from a story, st- whatever. But here's what is good, and here's what they did, and here's what we think they're trying. And, and there's still a whole lot good here. You can do that. But it seems like a lot of people have to review something, but they have to hate on something. And I had a boss. Now, here's where that story comes in. And here's where average America can relate to this, possibly. You get employee reviews. In this one company that I was in, I had the first boss I had. I had her for five of the seven years, and she got it. I mean, she got it. Of all the shenanigans I pulled, of all the hijinks, I, you know, I was a, I was the rock out of that company. <laughs> I was a rock star. I mean, I had my podcast posters put up. I had uh, back in the bear calling days, I had this poster of a half bear on one side and me with my long hair and my, my uh, what Steve call it? My uh, Mennonite metal beard because <laughs> I had three. Now I just have the one strip, right? But I had three strips, so this was blank. Well, you can't see it on the camera. I've got a camera going, but uh, you'll see it. Actually, when this podcast released, by the way, when the podcast released, so you're hearing this on your iPod or whatever podcaster you have, my YouTube channel has this video to go along so you can actually watch the video of me talking about this stuff. And I've got my title up there and I've got, you know, my logo and it's all cool. And you can see where I'm saying on my chin that I have strips. But if you can take your fingers and <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> if you've ever seen <laughs> oh, what is that stupid bowling movie with Woody Harrelson, if you've ever seen that, I can't think of it right now the the manager lady the 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 landlord lady does really gross thing with two fingers in her tongue and i know what it's referring to but the way she's doing it's supposed to be humorously gross uh kingpin is the name of the movie if you've ever seen that take that and slide it down and so basically you're highlighting a a a patch of hair on your chin where my fingers were they were clean so i had this this mennonite metal beard going on because it was long but stripped out and it's really cool and long hair and i'm just ah screaming at the camera like i'm gonna bite it and my half of the face was on the one poster on the poster and the bear's half was on the other side of the poster and it's just a bear crawling and, and all that jazz and really metal and really badass and I had that up on my wall in, in the office and, and just kind of let people know who i was and this and, that and the other so I had this one boss here for five years, and she understood. I mean, she would say, okay, look, I really need you to do this today because we're under fire, and, and I understand. I understand that your numbers will blow out everybody else's numbers here, but today I really need you to look the part, basically. So, okay, I'll go sit at my desk, and instead of walking around talking to everybody and drinking coffee for an hour and a half, I'll go and pretend to work. And, and that was a compromise we made sometimes. So every time I get an employee review, I'm always honest about what I do. I always sit and think and go, okay, we had the numbers one through five. And, okay, what is it that I think I deserve and how do I do in this area? And if I need improvement, I'll mark it a two or a three and, and talk about where I believe I need improvement in that area and being honest about things. And she would usually mark me higher than I marked myself. and Or sometimes we'd line up. or And rarely she'd mark something lower, but then we'd talk about it. She got it. But then when the company got bought out and things moved to another city, I got a new boss. And it's actually somebody I trained to do her job and had to show her everything. And I'm working from home and I'm still being leaned on as an expert, right? I'm still being called, oh, could you sit on the phone and train this person for six hours? And even the boss was like, I can't remember how to do this. How do I do this? And I would tell her. So when review time came up, I gave myself the same high scores in certain areas, and you know I need to work on some stuff, but I gave myself fairly high scores because I was better than everybody else in that damn department, including my boss. Well, she was the kind of person, she said this, she came back with some really low scores on some areas. I'm like, I literally said, because I had nothing to lose. I'm sitting at home doing my work, knowing that I taught everybody in that department how to do shit. I like, what the hell? My question, why am I getting a two on this, which is on the low end? Five's the high end, one's the low end. Two is, is almost reprimand level. I'm like, oh, uh-uh, I'm not taking this. What the, you better fix that shit, lady. She said, well, I believe as a manager, I always have to give you something to work on. And if I don't find something wrong with your job, then I'm not doing my job right. That's haters in a nutshell. If I don't find something wrong with what's going on, I'm not doing my job. Really? Really. All right now it's on now I mean then it's just like god damn this department in a day would put out like a hundred emails and then she called me about something well did you see so -so?" I was like no I don't check my email she was oh my god why don't you check your email like because you send out a hundred fucking emails in a day that 99.9 of them don't have anything to do with me it's all interdepartmental crap up there that has nothing to do with my job so it gets buried so I stopped checking it I literally came back from vacation one week and had over 500 emails to delete out of my box. That's what I did. I deleted them all. I didn't read any of them. Unless it's... And I had a, a tag. See, that's the thing. You can you can tag things. I had a tag that said, to me. Like, it had my name in it or something. I'd look for stuff specific in the email. So, every once in a while, if it came to me, I would get it. But department-wide shit, mm-mm. So, yeah, it became more of an adversarial thing until I got laid off, which was a good two years after I started being adversarial there. It's like, no, you want to find something wrong with my job, I'm going to stop helping you do yours. And that's that's what I did. I can't remember. Well, I, I, here's where you looked it up. You should look it up. Or maybe you should ask somebody that you don't find something wrong with their job. So that's, that's Mike, I think with some of the people that have to go negative, that's part of their mentality is I have to find something wrong with what you do or I'm not doing my job right. I know with myself, there are times when I have to, unload what I don't like about something. So I can really get to the love of what I had. You know, something took me out of the show or out of the movie or out of the, whatever the experience. And I had to share that. But most of the time, this is something that came out with Batman versus Superman. When we did our round table leading into it, my friend, Jeff Randall, he works on the MCU cast. And it's a great show on giant size team up network. He and Matt Carroll host that show. And he's very prolific on Facebook. Jeff is, there's a site called Rotten Tomatoes, if you're not familiar with it. I refuse to become really familiar with it because we're going to get into the other aspect of what happens when we have that hater affect our lives. That critic, right? Critic, critique, when you pronounce it that way, usually is, hey, how can I do this better? Critic, pronounced, spelled the same damn way, I believe, but pronounce, you hear the tone? critique goes up it's almost that positive tone critic is that flat or almost down tone it's negative if i am if i'm a critic of what you do i don't like it right that's that's what i get in my mind and, and that's instantly what i hear if i critique what you do i'm helping you do what you do better because i, I think you're doing something great but we have film critics and god damn mike i remember leonard cohen and or uh, leonard malton I don't know who Leonard Cohen is. Leonard Maltin. And then uh, 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 there was the two guys who did it. Uh, e- e- Ebert and Humperdinck. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert. Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> Although Ebert and Humperdinck is, is a lot better. <laughs> I I remember as a kid watching those times, and there were just times I'd be almost punched in the face because they one or both of them would be so brutal about a film that I loved. And they would just rip it apart and i didn't understand why i never understood why i still don't as a kid i remember leonard malton being on entertainment tonight and he tended to do better but his shorter clips and i actually saw something not that long ago uh maybe a year ago on facebook maybe a little bit longer that he posted i don't remember what the movie was but he talked about how he never walked out of a movie he believes a film critics job is to go in open-minded as you can watch the film and give an honest reaction to it. And he actually ended up having to leave the film halfway through because I forget why, but it was, he wrote about that experience instead of critiquing the film, he wrote why he did it and this and that and the other. I don't know how good or bad he is, but I just remember those experiences as a kid and that's affected me. So I try to stay away from people when it comes to my films. I don't give a crap what critics say about a film i want to go experience it i want to go and enjoy the experience of the film brand new and we used to be able to do that a whole lot better than today now we got trailers out the yin yang we've got it debuting two weeks early in another country and those people can not only spoil things like give away secrets but they can critique it and be haters like you're talking about mike they can hate on it and it's uh, that's what it is it's, it's so frustrating so I stay away from Rotten Tomatoes well it's a site that people can go on as soon as they see the film and you can actually I think go on without seeing the film you can make up stuff I don't believe you have to there's a verification that you saw the film before you put stuff in and you can start bashing or praising the movie and yeah Marvel films tend to get really high praise and really high numbers and literally opening day of Batman versus Superman. I think it was a Thursday. It was like a Thursday morning. So in the US, it had not even opened yet, technically speaking. The first showing was not available at that time. It was like one o'clock or noon on Thursday when the first showing was available. And Jeff Randall hit my button by going on and said, Oh, look sorry, DC fans. Looks like your movie sucks according to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I know he's kind of being playful and fun but it really hit that hot button of what the hell is wrong with you and I even come in it's like dude what the hell you haven't even seen the film you're literally going by some stupid bullshit website why don't you watch it and make up your own opinion first I mean I I I had to apologize to him because I did I lit into him I was like this is bullshit because it's bullshit it's bullshit to one ever say mine is better than yours I think that is bullshit I hate that Your experience is your experience. And if you're a fan of DC, you might love that movie more than you like Marvel. But you don't have to hate Marvel to love DC. And vice versa. If you love Marvel, you don't have to hate DC. You can appreciate both. But if you're just going to a website to tell, and that's how I say it, to tell you what to think. Why? Why? My good buddy Paul Klotz talks about how he will reference it to see if he wants to spend his time and money on it. It's his opinion, and he actually he he never lets it dictate if he's going to like it or not. He says he uses it to decide to spend his money in the theater or not. That's your opinion, and that's your choice. By all means, and he knows I respect him fully. I disagree with that. Can you not just watch a trailer and decide? Ooh, I'd like to go see that. Can you not look at your bank account? and Go. Should I go see a movie today? Can you not say I want to try something? Case in point, my wife and I typically go see a movie on our anniversary or around our anniversary. We have a date night, and we didn't go see a movie this year, but typically we we do. And at this time of year, there's not a whole lot out, usually. I think Star Wars is now going to fill that gap pretty well, although she doesn't have any desire to see Rogue One. Uh, Divorce papers might be in the mail. (laughs) She doesn't have uh, any desire to see Rogue One, whatever. So there's this one year that we were going to the movie. And there was really no blockbuster, no big, oh, let's go see this film out. So we're like, ah, let's look and see what's on, what's playing. And Bad Teacher was playing. And I can't remember what else was there. We're like, there's nothing here grabbing us, but we just want the experience of being out away for the kids for a couple hours and watching a movie, having the popcorn, you know, enjoying the experience. So Bad Teacher looked funny. We like uh, the two, the actor and actress in it. And so... We won't keep our hopes up, but let's just at least go experience the film. If nothing else, we get to enjoy our time out. Turned out to be a hilarious movie. Now, maybe it was hilarious because our bar was so low that it was really hard to hit it. So they really went way over. Maybe if we'd gone in and expected it to be hilarious, it wouldn't have been. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. We didn't worry about critique ratings. We didn't worry about what other people had said. We just went and go, what we want this experience. What are we going to do to get it? And it actually turned out to be a really great experience. We had a lot of fun with the movie. I haven't watched it since then. Don't know if it holds up as funny as it did then. But it was funny. Why? Why? Why would you pull up a website with people that you don't know saying, oh, this movie's got a low rating. Oh, sorry, DC. You guys suck. You haven't seen the film, man. And that's where I tap into what Mike is talking about. People having to hate on things. And Jeff and I, again, we've talked about it. We had a different discussion on it and whatever. And I definitely have strong feelings about sites like that because of people that I have known in my life. I've never allowed other people to tell me what to think about something. Not ever. Actually, I do the opposite. I'll talk. Maybe I'll talk about that in a second. Actually, I do the opposite. But I want to go in and either go, nah, I didn't like it. Or really what I want is to go in and fall in love with the experience of what the director wanted me to go through I don't try to solve the mystery I don't try to figure out what's going to happen at the end of the film I want to go on the ride that you designed and then at the end of that ride did I have a great time or not did I have a good time was it okay you know yeah I've seen some bad films uh, there's been some films I've had that just turn off instantly you know I, I got 10 15 minutes I, like, I can't do this is horrible it, and it's not for me But somebody else might have loved the crap out of it, right? Go for the experience. Stop letting other people tell you what to think. And that's my problem with places like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic is that a lot of people, a lot of sheep, a lot of idiots will let the sites tell those people what to think. Oh, no, they they said this is a bad film. I'm not going to go see it. For honest reviews, if you are... Looking for honest reviews, you need to read a lot of them and you need to find somebody whose voice either matches yours, like, oh, they like this film, this film, and this film for the same reasons I did, and they dislike these parts of these films for the same reason I did. I can trust their critique because they're similar to me. Or you find somebody whose voice is opposite of yours. If you know they love these films, or in my case, it was games, and they hated these other ones, and it's opposite of you, you know, oh, they didn't like this game. I'm going to love it. They love this game for these reasons. That's opposite of how I play. And that's how I learned to read critiques. I used to get Game Informer. And I mean, games are very, very expensive, and my time is very, very limited. And so hype is real, right? Hype, I mean, people can blow hype. Oh, my God, it's the greatest game. Oh, it's going to be this. Oh, it's going to be that. Movies, Uh, trailers, trailers, trailers. Well, then it doesn't show up in the movie. It's like we had a discussion on the roundtable for Rogue One on breaking the panel about how stuff was in the trailer that really was, oh, my God, not in the film. And there's a whole discussion about that. See, there can be a problem. I get why somebody might want somebody they can trust to say, yeah, you should check this out. Here's where you can spend your money if you want. Me, I don't care. If I want to see a film, I want to see a film. And I, if I have the money for it, I want to go to it. And sometimes I talk my wife into watching stuff I want to see. And sometimes she talks me into watching stuff she wants to see. And sometimes, a lot of times, we actually agree on a film and go together. But when I was buying games, I bought maybe one game a year. I sell them like that. I buy maybe one game a year. That's why I love my Xbox Gold Live, because it for I get it for about forty bucks in the year. I find sites that, to get your deals, people. You if you're paying sixty dollars for Xbox Gold Live, you're overpaying. And that's the sticker price. You can get it for less. I've gotten it for as low as twenty bucks in the past, but typically it's about thirty five to thirty nine dollars. I can find it and, and legitimately buy one. And I do. So for roughly $40 a year, I get almost 24 free games because I don't like everything that gets put up. I have an Xbox one. So I have access to the Xbox one, two games and the Xbox Three sixty two games. And that'd be for a month, which is not 24 games. I know that's more than 24 games, but I don't download everything, whatever, but that's still a lot of games to have access to. So they're older, but they're fun. Besides that, I buy maybe one game a year. And when I was reading Game Informer and I was enjoying the content, and I was really using it for entertainment purposes. Of, of I love what you guys have to say. That's how I developed that system. This reviewer gave an honest review of the game, of why he liked it, why he didn't like it, what worked for him, didn't, and gave it a decent score. He you know, didn't let his personal opinion, like, I don't really care for this type of game, to affect the score. He tried to appraise the game on honest metrics and give it a good score. I learned, oh, you... Dislike the parts that I love, and you love the parts that I dislike. So now I understand I would like this game or not like this game based on the opposites. And then I found a reviewer who liked the same kind of things that I liked and disliked the same kind of things I disliked. So I think I've talked a lot about that, but that's how these things can can really affect people. And when you really just start hating on things, it's all you ever have. And I'm tr- I try to be very very careful about what negativity I put out in the world. I mean, I believe there is is time and a place for it, and I'm about to talk about politics and stuff going on, and there, there's just times when you have to speak up, right? You have to say, that's, that's incorrect, or I think you're going off way on a tangent. But before I shift gears a little bit, I'm going to jump over to the chat room. Nolan says, in all seriousness, many people have been brought up in a culture of being told what to think and to make sure their opinion is valid with their peers, live or online, and to move beyond... That uh for social program, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We want to be liked. That's the thing. We want to fit in. That's a, a natural herd mentality. In my my opinion, it's very hard to be the lone wolf. It's hard to be the leader, and we always look to those rock stars and those leaders. That's why I'm the rock god of podcasting. Is to give that energetic feel of I'm a leader. I'm a f- you can follow me and feel safe. And in following me, you're going to learn to think for yourself. You can disagree with me. I want you to disagree with me at some points. Because if you agree with everything I say or every way I say it, then maybe I'm just thinking for you. As opposed to, I might say, fuck the man. And you might go, I'm going to avoid that situation. See, there's a disagreement on how to do things. And that's okay. That's what we're looking for. Make it your own. But we do. We we look up to the Steve Jobs of the world because, wow, look at what they did. Oh, they're so great. Well, they were lone wolves. They, those kind of people had hard times working with other people sometimes, but they changed the world, right? The greatest bands, and I don't mean your favorite band. I mean, the greatest bands in the world are are breakouts. They're not breakout smash hits, but they break away from the pack because there's a lot of people who get played on the radio. There's a lot of people who get record deals. There's a hell of a lot more who don't. But there's a handful, a few, who become those big-time arena-filling bands that constantly tour, that 20, 30 years later, they do the reunion tour or they're still going strong. That's a rarity. And that's people who think for themselves, people who don't get. And you'll hear the crazy stories that go along with it of, I'm just making stuff up now, but the diva stuff of, of they have this weird thing in their rider where they have to have this, and this, and this, or they won't play. You'll hear about the crazy stories that go along with, The eccentricity to go along with the individualism, right? Uh, Angie says, film critics aren't your average viewer, so their opinion doesn't reflect what the normal person would think. So to me, if a critic thinks a movie sucks, it tells me it's probably a great movie. That's yet another thing, right? Even Rotten Tomatoes separates it. There's the critic side and there's the, I don't know what they call it, the individual person side. And it will have, usually every film has a much lower critic rating than... (laughs) than a person an individual rating and it's stupid and i actually saw that this summer and i went when the f did we did everybody become a critic? oh well the the scenery the way this was shot shut the fuck up if you went to film school and you ain't making films you ain't doing shit And if you are making films, nobody cares what your opinion is. Go make your own goddamn film. But so many people get on Facebook, and that's their kind of hate, right? Well, the pacing of the film was do-do-do-do-do, and and they're trying to throw out like they're a horny toy. Shut up, because I know filmmakers. I know independent filmmakers, and they're positive about their stuff. And if they don't like something, you don't know they don't like it, because they don't talk about it. They talk about the stuff they like, and they go make the movies they want to make. You ain't doing shit, so shut up. If somebody asks you what you think about the film, knock yourself out. I got a friend of mine who has a whole different profile, a whole different Facebook profile for movie reviews, and his reviews are always about uh, the experience, what he thought of it, how it played out, and he does have a history of watching tons of film and studying film, but he never gets pretentious and say, well, you know, the director did it this way. and did it. No, and here's the other thing. A whole separate profile that if I want to see his thoughts on a film, I go to that profile because on his personal one, he does personal stuff. Are you entitled to your opinion? Of course you are. If you hate everything, am I entitled to unfollow you? Yes, I am because I am sick of that shit. I am done with that. And the idea of a professional critic uh, kills me. It really does. But that's not exactly what Mike was asking about. It plays into areas... Why is it easy to hate? Because I'm thinking I'm hating on haters, (laughs) is what I'm doing. Because that's the easy thing to do. Because for some reason, it is the easy thing to do, right? It's much harder to stop, to breathe, and to think is what I'm doing important? Is what I'm about to type feel right? Does it feel good? Will it bring joy to somebody's life? You know, I, I saw somebody make a comment on Deadpool. Deadpool right now is currently one of my all-time favorite films. I just love it. I love the ride. I love the adventure. I love the comment. I love everything about it. And somebody made a post. Oh, I, I, I see how they made Deadpool cheaper. They they hired a stunt double to do all the acting. They just had Ryan Reynolds voice it over. I'm like, no. No, they didn't. That's... <sighs> but then, I, you know what I did? I just moved on because... To me, they were being ignorant in their statement, and they were trying to start trouble, so I stayed away from it. Okay, let's talk about types of people. We all desire energy. We all desire feedback. We desire attention. We desire some kind of feeding of energy. For me, it's being out in front of people. It's doing shows like this. It's having the thought that I'm helping you with your life, that I'm saying something that either makes you laugh which I think helps your day out, well, that makes you think, which helps your life out, or maybe opens up, just maybe opens up something inside of you that you've been struggling with. You go, oh my God, there are people like that out there that are like me, and oh, I can move past this hard thing in my life. That's, that's something that really feeds me, and I desire that kind of energy of helping improve other people's lives. And I love being loved. I love it when people like what I do. I love it when people share my posts. I love it when you ask a question I love that my friends are here helping me out with this first live video that we're doing because it's private. It's 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 for Patreon, by I invited them in to help because I, I want some feedback. Because I I I always desire that, and I love that they are here doing that. You know, part of it is hey, they're paying attention to me, but the other part is they like what I do. and They're going to help me out, and I love that I'm going to listen to them and give them feedback and energy. You know, feedback the energy. You know, it's a positive growth. Some people want to be worshipped. Some people have to be told. Uh, how great they are at things all the time. Some people are what's called emotional vampires. And that's the thing. Look it up on the internet. I mean, okay, I realize <laughs> that's the thing the internet said so. to. Uh, I realize how that might come off. It is a concept is what I mean. Is there are people who have to take energy from others. And I believe that is what's behind trolls. Because internet trolls, for those you don't know, are people who literally start things or respond negatively, intentionally on posts or on what you're doing to piss you off or to piss somebody off at you start a fight. There's a saying, some people just want to watch the world burn. These people get their kicks, get their joy, get their energy from watching other people fight. From either making you fight with them or just making two people fight each other. They steal energy from people doing that. There are people who have to have you feel sorry for them, or they're not satiated because happy is definitely the wrong word. But they're unsatiated. They they are unfulfilled. Oh God, I need this girl in real life. And I see it on Facebook. Vague booking is a thing, man. I fucking hate vague booking. Where's oh prayers? Hospital, you know, check in at a hospital. Prayers. No. You don't deserve my prayers because you're just seeking attention. And I'm not going to give it to you. Nope. Cut off. Because that's too vague. It's bullshit. I, God, there's so much. Of that. I know everybody listening who's ever been on Facebook has seen somebody post, oh, today's a bad day. And they wait. They wait for people to get on the pro. Oh, my God. What's going on? Oh, well, I don't want to talk about it, but I appreciate you checking out. Ding. Two middle fingers to the camera. Because that is emotional vampirism. And that's what I believe a lot of this stuff is, this hatred, this this negativity, is you have to take from other people. You have to have people feel sorry for you or you get them fighting or you try to take away from what they're doing. And it takes energy from them. And people like me who are full of energy, or I'm a, when I say like me, there have been many podcasters and many people who will have a private Facebook personal profile. And then they'll have their public profile or whatever. Or, or this is earlier. Now you can have a celebrity page. Now you can have a business page. But they'll have it. They'll have, you know, for me, I have Rock out a podcasting, which is my celebrity page. And that's where I'll be more controversial. Because I've, I've tried to teach that audience that I will say exactly what I think here. Unfettered. I will put some stuff out. If you ask me anything here, bam. Then I have the Charles McFall page, which is also public. By the way, it is also open for anybody to see it and pretty much comment on there. And I will share my, pri- my personal life. And there, I hold back on posting more brazen things because the people who have followed me as a person – don't always understand who I fully am. And I've taught that audience that this is a more gentler, safer area. Now, I will cut you off. If you get negative in my shit, I will kick you off my page, uh, block you. That is what I'm looking for. And it's just, it's, Rock got is a louder aspect of who I am. And there it's, if you follow this page or you see these opinions, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Case in point, I have friends of mine in California who I'm very close with who are, are apparently truly heartbroken that Trump's the president. And they're always sharing this and that and the other. For the most part, they do it in a way that they say they fact-checked things and in a way that says, look, I am actually believing that this is true and we need to protect our country. It still hits a lot of notes with me that makes it negative. I still smell fear on it. I, I think there's an overreaction. However, as a personal friend, I would never go up to them and go blah blah blah, blah 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 right in their face and start a fight, right? As their friend, see that's the thing. The Charles McFall Facebook page is the the friend. It's a I am talking to you as a one-on-one person and I'm gonna respect your feelings. And I am gonna say, if you ask me, I am gonna say what I believe about fear and what I do believe about the political situation in the United States but I'll do it very, very gently. As a celebrity, as a persona on a stage, which is what Rock got of Podcasting is, and it is who I am, but it is that slight shift of person-to-person talking to, you no, know, this is who I am, and I am talking, in my mind, I'm talking to an audience of thousands sitting out there. This is what I think. And yeah, you bring me some political shit, I'm gonna bust you down for fear. And that's what I wanna talk about right now. We're talking about the haters, and people have to find negative things Facebook has made that so much worse today. So much worse. Because anonymity is the alcohol of life, man. It is. It is. When you sit there and you look at your post, and all you're literally looking at is your box on Facebook, and you go, I think, share. You don't actually ever have to go back and see what people said about it. You don't have to look at anybody else's posts. That is a one-way shotgun, and I guarantee you there are people who say things on Facebook who would never stand in the grocery store and talk to you about it, who would never stand in front of a church and, and shout these things, who would never go to a protest or to a rally because those are the, the negative and positive aspects of gathering for what you're gathering for. They would never do either one of those things, but they'll get on Facebook and share this about Donald Trump and share this about this and blah, blah, blah. And I've really started unfriending people and unfollowing en masse people. Now, here's the two differences for me. Unfollow is, okay, I like you as a person. I, I just can't see this shit anymore. I, I just, you have to go be in your own little world for that. You can still comment on my posts. You can still message me. We're still connected. I think you're an okay person, but I I absolutely don't want to see any of that shit. I don't want to talk about it. Unfriend is who the fuck are you? Why are you on my page? And I scroll down your feed and it's politics, politics, politics. Don't unfriend. Or I just don't get you. I don't know why we're connected. Unfriend. Depending on the post. I mean, and I give people time and I track it in my mind and I go do my research because I believe everybody has their opinion and my friends in California, while I, I feel bad for them. That they, they truly believe a lot of the stuff they're putting out. I feel like there's a larger reality at play that you can tap into. I believe fear has zero place in my life or in anybody's life. And if you're fearful of what Donald Trump might do as a president, caution is different than fear. If you're fearful, if you're afraid, you're not looking at history. And a lot of the crazy shit I see come across from people who are doing political posts. You're not looking at history. You're... you're Oh my God! You're you're being worse than TV, and I have to unfollow you and unfriend you. I know without calling any names because because I'm going to be straight up honest here. I refuse to go and listen to the speeches. I refuse to go. I didn't want to listen to Barack Obama's speech, or President. I'm sorry. I believe he still deserves respect of the office. I do. I've always believed that. President Obama, his farewell speech. I didn't listen to that. I didn't listen to any of his speeches throughout the eight years. I am not going to listen to Donald Trump's press conferences. I'm not going to listen to Meryl Streep's acceptance speech. I'm not going to listen to anybody speaks out. But I still get some of that leaking into my reality, being bludgeoned with some of this stuff. And I'm going to tell you something that we're causing with all this negativity. Because it's okay. Now, to be negative about the president. I'm not talking about mocking. I'm not talking about even, And I, I, I okay, let me be clear. It's never been okay to disrespect the office of the president. It's never been okay to have your small little bullshit world dictate what they're doing, period. Okay? Never. But now this election cycle is way more social media than anything has ever been done. Because you used to, right? You used to. I, my first election cycle was George Bush Sr. And you could watch The late the Tonight Show with uh, David Letterman or you could watch... Uh, uh, what was it? Is it the late show? Was it the late show? Johnny Carson originally and then Jay, uh, Jay Leno. Um, anyway, you can watch those evening shows and there'd be some commentary from the comedians. You know, Jay, uh, Jay Leno and, and David Letterman or whatever. And there'd be some one-liner. And we'd laugh. But it's a little bit of a joke. It's a little bit of a mocking. It's a little bit of a poke. Saturday Night Live, you could watch the weekend update. And they're a little more harsh, a little more critique but that that was the thing is you still would just watch the candidate and you would make up your own minds. And, yes, you would be around people who had the same things And you can have discussions. But now with everything connected, 24-hour news cycle and social media everywhere and all this access. The Late Late Show is David Letterman. Tonight's show is Johnny Carson. Thank you, Angie. It's just there's this paradigm that has broken, not shifted, broken, that during the, the Obama era, people were saying things. And I believe there's a bunch of ignorance out there about what the office of the president is supposed to do and about how to treat them. And I believe we've lost basic respect for humanity and basic respect for process and basic respect for the office. And while government as a whole has caused us to lose that, we have made a choice as human beings in America to just let it run rampant. And now where I see celebrities on both sides of it who have major influence over people we do we do you listen to me in my podcast because I entertain you or I touch something I influence you in some way and if you listen every week I become a bigger influence in your life and I'm a p-list celebrity right a podcast (laughs) celebrity (laughs) if you really I've always separated the person from the acting personally I don't care what Joe McHale thinks about the president I like what he does in community. I don't care what, who's one of my favorites? Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, I like his directing. I don't care what he thinks about the president. I want to see his movie. If I became friends with them, I might care. But I'm not friends with them. I see their characters that they portray. As close as I can get is maybe seeing some interviews. And I can say, from interviews I've seen, they seem like a really cool person. But we're not connected to them yet. They have so much influence over most people. Right now, with celebrities calling for people to stand up to speak out to this to fight to resist and honestly i haven't seen that many celebrities support trump at all and i don't care i don't care if you decide not to use your talent for him that's fine i've heard cordy fingers rumors don't care if it's real or not have zero shit to and given here but like bruce springsteen said he won't play for Trump. okay no that is absolutely you're right that is absolutely you're right going i have i disagree with you and I'm not going to use my talents for you. I get that. Fine. But when when there's money put behind well-produced marketing things about standing up and fighting, and then within days, if not weeks, of stuff like that happening, we have people beating up a disabled man. We have violence put forth on somebody for on a Facebook live video. So they're proud of what they're doing. They think what they're doing is right, or they think they can't be caught, which obviously they were very quickly, and Facebook took down the video. But the the expression of this mentality, with the power you wield as an influencer to go unchecked, to put such—I did hear a commercial of celebrities just angry, and we can't stand for this, and we have to, and it's just is bullshit, bullshit. But in the middle, the things they talk about nobody should ever stand for and it's not like men grabbing women nobody should one nobody should ever stand for that that's ridiculously ridiculous to fucking focus on that bullshit but second thing is is they're talking about uh i I can't remember what it was but i remember going because i'm listening critically i'm not not in the sense of critique or critic but in critique going okay what are they actually saying here? What is what they're trying to keep? And in the middle, they're talking about and again, I'll make it up because I can't remember exactly what they're talking about, but I remember going every human being should agree with standing up against that. Every human being should agree with standing up with that. So I want to use some examples like slavery. We should stand up never let Donald Trump bring slavery back. Well, okay, I can agree with that. Now they that was not a direct quote. Obviously, that was an example, but it was something on that level of you know never bring slavery back never take away the right of women to vote you know i agree but you're putting all this anger negativity up front saying ridiculous shit and at the end you're saying ridiculous shit but you're putting stuff in the middle that no human being should ever let happen so if you have a rationale in the middle that every human being can go oh that's horrible don't eat babies for breakfast that's that's fucking retard don't ever do that that's horrible. And you put this anger, you're going to get small-minded people who think it's okay to put violence on Facebook because they're standing up. And I think it's time to shut the fuck up about it until something is real. Because right now, what everybody is standing up against is imagination of what the future holds. And that's as dangerous as hatred. And that is the haters. That is, I haven't found one person who is vocal about trump to say well okay this there are some things that he does okay but these are things we need to either watch or fix and it's it it, it's dangerous it is dangerous and that is exactly what i see happening right now and that is the worst part of this hatred and critique that mike is talking about i don't mike i don't even think you intended for me to go with the with the idea of um politics but it did trigger there that i'm seeing a lot of that I'm seeing a lot of all caps which typically means yelling, right, on the internet. And you know, uh, there's so much misinformation out there and there's so much non-truth that I, I I just step back. Here's what I said about President Obama when he first got elected. And I had Republican friends crying, screaming. I know I said this on the show before and it's maybe the last time I'll say it. But basically it was, "Oh my god, he's going to ruin small business. He's going to ruin this country and I, quote unquote, being the person I'm hearing cry about it or scream about it, they own a small business. I am going to be screwed, and I'm going to have no more livelihood. They're going to take away my family business. Eight years later, the family business is doing much better, and it didn't really affect you, and what I said then, I say now, I have yet in my personal life to have a president, any president, affect my day-to-day life with this, the exception of what I believe George Bush Jr., I think it's George W. Bush, right? Being an oil man attracted higher prices at the gas pump. That changed how I operated in my life, but it didn't change my life. I went and handled my life. And that's my last bit of advice for these haters and for critiques and for characters on TV, for actors, for all of it. Know who you are. Know who you are. Go to the movie you want to go see. Be the person you want to be. Have the life you want to have. Sure, yes, absolutely. Let's keep an eye on the government. Because if they do something crazy stupid, we we do. That's part of our government cycle. We rise up and we say no. But here's the problem. I'm on the side of history that says gay marriage is great. All human beings should have certain rights. And this one falls into that area for me. But there's somebody virtually sitting right next to me on my Facebook page that thinks that they didn't stand up hard enough against gay marriage. My dad, I brought this to my dad about that whole thing. And this is my, my point about the haters and the standing up. You got to make sure you believe in what you believe in. And then you got to let it go. No more KKK. You bastards. When slavery was first abolished in the civil war and all that jazz, there were still preachers who preached against black people being actual human beings. Preachers preached against women being actual human beings. Up through the 60s in the South, maybe even the 70s, preachers stood in pulpits and said it was evil to let black people do anything, that God hated black people. Oh, let's flash forward to 2000. God hates gays. That was a thing in the 2000s. And they fought, they being the religious church and the people who believed that God hates gays and being gay is wrong. And they fought. But ultimately they lost, just like... The people who fought against women being human beings lost and eventually we had to let that go. And now we're like, of course, women are human beings, just like the people who fought against black people being human beings lost and eventually proven right that you should lose because they're human beings. And of course, now for the most part today we go, yeah, of course you're human beings. If you keep in mind, you're a human being and everybody deserves the basic respect of being a human being that you deserve. Build from there. And understand that your life doesn't dictate somebody else's and vice versa. And when you see the hate and the negativity on Facebook, unfollow, unfriend, speak up, kick it off. Whatever makes you feel better. But watch the films you want to watch. Vote for the people you want to vote for. But live your life. Live your life. Because I think it's so easy to go negative because that's how we affect people the easiest. We go negative. We as a human society. Go negative because it hits that button instantly in somebody else, and either they're with you or they're against you, but it moves them as opposed to going positive and going, man, this is what I think about this. You might get – one of my biggest posts – this is the last thing I'll say about it. One of my biggest posts ever had three or 400 people comment on it and like and share. and I mean, I was quoted for days, and it was right in the morning when uh, gay marriage was legalized. And I just done chaos and coffee. caught that news break, and did the show. And I got on Facebook, and I was seeing religious people come out of the woodwork. And I'm like, "Get off my page! I hate you. Get off my page! I hate you." I was seeing Fox News kind of people come out of the woodwork, and I started. And I made this big post about how I want if you do this, I will unfriend you. And I was emphasizing the negativity and the hatred that people were expressing. If you do this, I will unfriend you. If you do this, do this, do this. And I was just speaking. My mind of my life and what I didn't want to see on my page and in my reality, I went to the harsher aspect of it. Right, I went to the negative aspect of it. I wielded it like a sword. That post got almost 500 people commenting on it. We went back and forth. It was a great day for me because it gave me exactly what I wanted. It gave me exactly what I wanted, which was discussion, which was interaction with people, which was some people going, "That's right, exactly, thank you." Which was some people going. I don't understand. You know, I believe it's wrong, but I thought we were friends and I got to read it again. It's about how you handle it. You can say you can have your beliefs and believe it's wrong. But if you come out with hatred and negativity, I can't follow you anymore. We are not friends because that's not how my friends work. That's not how I work. I work with expressing my thought and allowing you to have your belief as well. And we can express it in ways that we can talk to each other, still get along and disagree. And I had that, and it fed me that, oh, man, great. This is an opportunity to really clarify what I'm saying and to to really help this person out. And they still held their belief that being gay is wrong, but they held their belief that they should love everybody anyway. And I got to reinforce that. It was great. That's why we go negative, because it's so easy to get what we want out of it. The harder path is to say, here's what I stand for in a positive manner. And most people might go, yeah they might like it maybe they'll share it but they won't come out of the woodwork to discuss it with you and I think as a human nature thing that's the ultimate answer that's why we do it so this has been the Rock God of Podcasting as you've seen we've tested it out live for Patreon I have uh, Patreon levels at patreon.com for slash Rock of Podcasting please go and support what I do I love you long time there's a lot of great rewards over there including a live video uh, that you'll get access to I'm about to do the, the after with uh, those who are here if they want to to chat with me after as well but that's part of the the give back on that level i need your questions email me rgop that's Rock got a podcasting right rgop at charles need your questions love to hear from you rock out of podcasting.com has the speak pipe right there on the tab you can leave comments on the the shows themselves and you can email me from that page as well directly right there and then what else? Facebook.com forward slash rock out of podcasting. You're going to get, <laughs> I did put up something about Trump there on Facebook and you'll get stuff from me, unfettered, uncensored. And my thoughts of the day there. And Twitter is at rock out of pod. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And again, the last thing I need from you absolutely is to share this show, to rate it on iTunes, to get it out to the world, to tell people why you like it and let's get it going. I really appreciate you. So to make all that simple, it is is forward slash support. There's a one-time donation with PayPal. There's a Patreon subscription, and there's iTunes links right there. And you can see those who do support are on the the World Rockers wall there on that page. So thanks again for listening. Check it out. And big thanks to Mike Woodard for that question. I, I, I think I went in a bunch of different directions, but I hope I touched on that topic and got around to why we we do what we do and thank you mike for being who you are and helping out with the show producing it show running check out mike at the mike.com m-i-k-e-a-t-t-h-e-m-i-c mike at the mike.com for all the work he does with voiceover and production and that would be awesome i'll see you again next week and with some more videos
1: Okay, podcasters and YouTubers, my name is Mike Woodard, otherwise known as producer slash audio engineer for the Rock God of Podcasting. Look, you know you're producing amazing content, but is your audio game as tight as it needs to be? If you need to level up the overall sound of your show, I'm your guy. If you need a kick ass intro for your show, I'm your guy. If you hate the sound of your own voice and just need someone to handle your voiceover narration, I'm your guy. Need music beds? Need sound effects? Just go to mikeatthemike.com. Check out my demos and take a look at my rates. You can sound better than you do, and I can help. mikeatthemike.com.